a way to start the morning together. That's good, huh? Amen. Woo. So, where are we? Our last morning together. Hi, everybody. <laughs> we have said yes to the invitation to come. We have studied and learned the way of Jesus, responding to his love, receiving his rest for our soul. And we're going to look at the last part today. What is the last verse of our section in Matthew chapter 11? My yoke is easy and my burden is light. But first I want to tell a quick story about my mom because how fun that I get to do this with my mom. I never get to do this. And she's just been just amazing to learn from. I mean, I've been learning from her forever, but I love that we all get to learn from her. My mom, I mentioned this yesterday, when she's slow, you know, she stops to see people, to care for them. Often she did it through chocolate chip cookies. And it's really hard to not let somebody in your front door when they're holding like a fresh plate of warm chocolate chip cookies, you know? So it was like, it was, it was a way that I think she got people to kind of take their guard down, right? Because it's like, I have chocolate chip cookies for you. Can I come in for a second? What are you going to say? No. I mean, it's crazy. So she always had chocolate chip cookies going. They were always in the oven. There was a fresh batch. There was dough on the counter. Like she was always in the process of like making them constantly. And when she got this from my grandma, who they make their cookies out of the same yellow cookie bowl, which I got when I got married, which is really fun. But my grandma, here's the thing about my grandma. This has nothing to do with what I'm talking about this morning, but... I never actually saw my grandma bake a batch of cookies. She just, but she always had a bowl of dough on the counter, but she never made any cookies. She just made the dough for the dough. So some of you are maybe enjoy that. By the way, I've never had salmonella. I don't even think that's a thing. <laughs> but as a kid, I remember being able to eat as much dough as I wanted. I don't know if that was true or if there were limits, but like we were the fun house. My mom was the fun mom. We had everybody over, constantly people around our home and invited into our home. Our front door was never locked, which gave me anxiety, but that's just the way it was. And uh, one, so one day I get home from school and she did all kinds of desserts. This day in particular, she made brownies. And so I walk into the front door with my little sister. I was in third grade and my sister's in first grade, and my mom is on the phone, the cord phone, you know, attached to the wall, chatting with somebody, and she goes, oh, the girls are home, I gotta go. And I, I remember, like, these specific details, <laughs> because this is a big moment, you'll see why in a second. So she hangs up the phone, we walk in, we see the plate of brownies on the counter, I go reach for one, she says, ah! And I'm like, oh, are these for somebody else? And she goes, I wanna talk to you girls. And we're like, okay. So my sister and I, Brittany, sit at the table and uh, we're looking at her and she goes, and we're like, Are these, can we eat these brownies? She goes, if you want, but I want to tell you about them first. She said, uh, when I made these brownies this afternoon, I went outside and I just grabbed one little piece of Belle's dog poop and I put it in the batter and I, I used the blender. She always makes stuff by hand. She goes, I used the blender this time. I mixed it in really good, and I, I did the rest of the recipe as normal. And I baked them in the oven, and I, could, I don't think you can smell anything different. Like, they seem normal, and they look, do they look normal to you girls? And we're like, what, what are you talking about? 
And she's like, here's what I want you guys to know. She's looking at my sister and I, third and first grade. <laughs> she's laughing because like, I can't believe I did this. She said, you can look pretty on the outside. You can be good at school. You can be an all-star on your soccer team. You can be excellent at the things you set your mind to. You can have a lot of friends. You can be successful by the world's standard. But if you have a little bit of dog poop, if you have <laughs> anger or bitterness or unforgiveness or envy or jealousy just sitting on the inside, you're missing out on what Jesus has for you and the life he promises. And this is a lot for me as a third grader. <laughs> but she wasn't wrong, you know? Because we can look like Jesus on the outside, but refuse to be transformed by Jesus on the inside. I've done it. We can look like him, but not be changed by him. And here's how it plays out. We experience moments of rest and refreshment in our life, but we're not living by his rest. We pretend like those burdens that we're carrying, those weights, maybe it's bitterness, maybe it's anger, we pretend like it's not heavy. I got it. But you know, after you carry something for so long, like your muscles start to shake and you're, we're kind of sweaty. So we just add another jacket so you don't want anyone to see your pits. <laughs> heavy. When all along, Jesus is like, set it down. Release it to me. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. We can't simply look like Jesus if we want to experience the easy yoke and the light burden. We have to become like Jesus. So that's where we're going today. Will you look at our theme verse? Let's read it together. If you want me to just read it over you, you can close your eyes too. Matthew chapter 11 verse 28 says this. Come to me. All you, every single one, who is weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Another translation of this verse says, my yoke is comfortable and my burden is light. And you know why I love that translation? Because do you know what a yoke is? Some of you probably know what a yoke is. It goes over the back of an animal. Picture like an ox. Hooks them up to the plow, right? It's a piece of, of physical work equipment that goes on the back of an animal, connecting it to another animal and to the plow 
to do work, right? So when we have this picture, when we read the translation that says, my yoke is comfortable and my burden is light, as I have been reading this in preparation for you, and here's the great thing, in preparation for myself and my own heart, because when I teach the word of God, this is fresh for me. He's teaching it to me alongside you. I'm learning it too. We're all kind of learning it together. And as I'm reading this, I feel like he just gave me this picture of the yoke on my back. You know, when he says, take my yoke upon you. And this may be overly simplistic if you're like, duh, Brooke, that's fine. But here's what, what happened for me. I had an aha moment. You're either wearing the yoke or you're not, right? When he says, take my yoke upon you, there's no like kind of having the yoke on, right? Some of us are, are trying to mimic Jesus still. We're trying to look like him, but we don't have his yoke over us. And he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. My yoke is easy and comfortable, and my burden is light. And I love this because when we have his yoke actually physically on us, over us, we are being led by him in his way, in the way he wants to lead us, where he wants to lead us, the pace he wants to lead us, how he wants to lead us, for his glory and our good. Amen? Amen? Whoa, what a freeing way to go when you are being led and you trust the one that's leading you. That's what happens when we take the yoke and we put it on us. And here's the other interesting thing about the yoke. Jesus could have said in this passage, I will give you rest. I will take the yoke off. Why, why doesn't he? If the yoke is a piece of work equipment, how is that, how do those things go together? How do work and rest go together? And we so often, at least the way I've heard it taught, we hear this Matthew 11 passage, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We kind of stop right there, right? Oh, Jesus gives me rest. I just have to come to him, and I receive the rest from him. And then, but what does he say next? Every time he mentions rest in this passage, he follows it with talking about the yoke. The rest and the, and the work are intertwined. See, we rest in the yoke that he has given us. I'll say that again. We rest in the yoke that he's given us. That's where the rest comes, in his yoke. And how is this even possible? It's because of what my mom talked about last night. It's because of what Megan talked about last night. He has finished. He has completed the work. It is done. It is good. He has accomplished all, and so we rest in him. And now we step back and allow him to faithfully lead. And there are some passages that I just love that don't make sense if we don't have the yoke upon, like, you know the passage that says, if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation, the old is gone, the new has come. How does this work if we are not yoked to Jesus? We're just trying to look like him. What about, I've been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Are we living out the truth of that verse? Are we receiving the, the real Word of God, the truth that is Christ who lives in us, if we're still trying to look like Jesus, but we don't have his yoke over us, 
We're not being led by him in his way for his glory and our good. I just want to ask, and it feels different and it looks different when we receive this truth and understand that we are a new creation in Christ, that is Christ who lives in us and not I who live, but he who lives in me, we walk in freedom. And that is exciting. And so I feel like as we sing this song, yet not I, but through Christ in me, it just wells up joy in my heart because it's like, man, I don't have anything to prove. Everything that I am is found in you. When I walk into a room, it's not about me. How can I reflect and proclaim you, your love, your truth? How can I model the way of Jesus, see others, walk gently and humbly? And Jesus says, I want the rest for you. That is so good and so sweet. Like, this is really embarrassing to admit. Don't think about the dog poop thing for a second. <laughs> but when I make brownies, oh, this is so embarrassing. I, um, I always like make the brownies and then I'm like, I'm just gonna have half. I'm just gonna have half a brownie. I really made them for the kids, right? <laughs> and so I cut like half a piece off and I leave the knife in the pan. Failure. I leave the knife in the pan and I go back like eight times for another half brownie. And then the whole pan is gone and my husband gets home. He's like, oh, who'd you guys have over today? I'm like, we had me. It was me. I ate the brownies. But like, it's so good. They're so sweet. I just keep going back for more. I can't get enough. I just, I need it. I, I need it. I want to go back. I, it's just addicting. What if the rest of God, the true, real rest, was so good that we just, it was like, we just have to keep going back for another bite and another bite because it just is so refreshing to our soul that we're just living by it. Whoa, that's what he wants for us this morning. And I am so excited because this is our last morning and this is kind of a different message for me, but I'm going to make it real practical. How do we actually live in this rest? How do we experience his yoke to be easy and his burden to be light practically? Because we can talk about it all the live long day, right? But we struggle with this. We get stuck. And so I'm going to take you through a passage that it, it's what I do. It's just what I do. It's how I live by him as my source, how I allow him to transform me. So I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to read this passage over you. And if you want to turn and read it alongside with me, you can. If you want to close your eyes and just let me read it over you, you can do that too. First, I'm going to pray. Lord, would you speak to us through your word this morning? I see your face with absolute delight and excitement and enthusiasm because you have a whole big room full of daughters who are ready to hear from you, who are expectant, who are excited because we want the rest. We want it to taste so sweet that we keep going back for more. Show us how to receive it. Show us how to live out of rest, yoke and rest intertwined. 
in our lives. Thank you, Father. Amen. John 15 is what I'm going to read this morning. Verse 4. I'll breathe. Abide in me. These are Jesus' words. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. Apart from me, you you can't do anything. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away as a branch, dries up, and they gather the dry branches, cast them into the fire, and they're burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. This is my favorite part, verse 9. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. That's what we talked about yesterday, right? Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be made What is this passage about? A branch that is connected to a vine and it is healthy, thriving, fruitful. Likewise, a woman who is connected to Jesus, healthy, thriving, fruitful. And I would add, rested, but not just connected. What's the word that John uses? Abiding. What is abiding in this passage? What is is it? In this context, abiding is to receive life from, to be the life source. And the first thing that came to mind as I was thinking, like, what does this actually look like? is um, when I was pregnant with my son, August, I like just felt like a little off, and I found out that when I drank a Sprite, it kind of settled my stomach a little bit, okay? So I, would, I had a Sprite like almost every day at lunch during my pregnancy, so that's probably bad, but I started to notice that the further on that I got in my pregnancy, um, I would have a few sips of Sprite, and then I would feel my son kick or like do a belly flop or like a, you know, a somersault in there, like within moments of drinking the Sprite. It was just, it was remarkable. And so 
I started to kind of drink the Sprite that I wanted to feel him kind of wiggle around a little bit. And, um, and the same thing happened with my daughter. I did it through her pregnancy, too. I would just drink a few sips of Sprite, and I would feel her kind of wiggling around and think like, okay, they're good, they're safe, they're happy, they're moving. And I love that, I mean, this is mind-blowing, that I, Brooke, could drink Sprite, and it could be received by my child in utero within moments, like so effectively that it actually causes them to react to it. Right? I mean, that, is that mind-blowing? Imagine if we were so connected to Jesus, abiding in Jesus as our life source, like there was such a strong connection that everything that was his became ours. That he was our only source. Everything that we needed to live by was found in him. It's such a good picture, right? Because a baby in utero doesn't provide anything for itself. It is fully dependent upon the mother to provide for it. What if we lived in such a way that we were fully dependent on Jesus as our life source? I think this is the key to experiencing the easy yoke and the light burden to be connected and abiding in, in that kind of way. But this is where we get stuck. Can I have you four come up here for a second? Do you mind? I probably should ask, like, who wants to come up here? Because there's probably some people like, Bleh! do you guys care? Okay, can you hop up there? Can I have that stack? Yeah, yeah, okay, great. I'm going to demonstrate for you what I mean. Okay, so we're going to talk through a pitfall, right? Because we, I know you guys understand what I'm saying. It sounds simple. We want the rest. We want to be trusting God as our life source. But for, uh, for a lot of us, we read this passage, and this is what it translates to in our life. Okay, so you're the first one. Sharice. Sharice. So this is what happens. You ask, what's your name? Christina. Christina. Here you go. God does it. Excuse the, um, the sticky post-it note. And what happens next? Okay, let's see. You ask, God does it. God is glorified. We bear fruit. Okay. So this is what it looks like for us. This is what our spiritual life looks like, right? We ask God. We know. We know we need from the Lord. We trust him. We ask him for what we need. And he does it, and he's glorified when we bear fruit in our lives. So I'm going to give you an example of rest. I feel exhausted. I'm overwhelmed. I have way too much going on in my life. Lord, would you help me today? I need, I need a break. And my mom calls and says, hey, can I watch the kids for a couple hours? I'm like, oh, he answered. He did it. God did it. I have this extra moment to do the extra thing, to make the extra call, to drop off the cookies at my neighbor because my mom told me that that's what you do. And I'm bearing fruit all over the kingdom because now my neighbor's coming to church this weekend and it's beautiful and this is the process and I'm tired at the end, right? And for some of us, this is how we relate to God. This is the extent of it, okay? But what is missing when we look at John 15, verse 7? What is the theme of this whole passage? What does all of this rest on? What's the key word, everybody? One, two, three. 
abide. I need, um, can you two come up too? No? How about you? How about you? <laughs> She's a no. It's okay. That's fine. <laughs> okay, here's what the full picture is. Read John 15, 7 with me. Let's look at the words. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. Can you guys come to this side? Let's all shift down. If you took a picture of the last order, delete it, because this is the real thing. If you abide in him and his word abides in you, I, guess, I want you guys to come to the front of the stage, and you guys stay back here. This is what God is inviting us into. This is the full picture. If we abide in him and his word abides in us, all of it rests on this happening first. We can't do this, and this doesn't happen the way God designed it to happen if we're not doing this, if we're not abiding in him, and his word is not abiding in us. And you know what? We sure aren't going to receive the rest, the real, true rest that's so good that we have to go back for another bite. And that's what we want. That's what we need. But it depends on us abiding in him and his word abiding in us. Amen? Amen. That's a full picture. Okay, you guys can sit down. Thank you. So I'm going to tell you how this plays out in my life, okay? So I have ridiculous health problems. I'm going to just give you an example of this. I say ridiculous because... They're kind of all over the map. Megan's laughing at me right now because they're ridiculous. I don't know what they are. I have autoimmune diseases. I have the weirdest allergies that you have ever heard of, like bizarre. I'm not going to tell you because I don't want you to get distracted by it. I have, um, man, I get my blood tested and things are just up and down and all around and they're like, you need to see a rheumatologist, you need to see a hematologist, you need to see a gastroenterologist, been to all of them, seen all of them. I'm 32 years old, that's crazy. I had a colonoscopy, I'm 32, I've lost three babies. I mean, there are things that I, are just unexplained in my health and in my life. And um, back in October, there have been seasons where I've asked the Lord for healing. I always ask the Lord for healing, but I've prayed for healing more intensely at different seasons in my life, right? And I have these beautiful, beautiful friends who said, we're gonna ask the Lord for healing for you back in October. We were on this girls weekend and they prayed over me and prayed over me, prayed over me. And I get home from the girls weekend on Sunday and I just went down so hard. I got so sick, you guys. And it was so sad because it's like, why would I get even sicker like as I'm pressing into the healing? and asking the Lord for relief in my body. Doesn't make sense. And basically, from the month of October through the month of January, I was like, I was down for the count. It was bad. It was like three months of just barely functioning, okay? And I'm high functioning, I, I like to think. And it was, it was hard. And I, there were so many afternoons where, one in particular that I remember, it was like, after, you know, the kids, just a long day with my kids, one and a half and three and a half. They got a lot going on. And we're on the couch, and we've watched like six episodes of Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. 
<laughs> it was just, it, it feels even sad for me to say, but like that's the place that I was in. Like I just can't, I can't do anything. Like I'm so desperate. It was, I was, I was, I was emotional. Like I, I don't think I can physically get up. Like I hope the kids have enough water to drink right now and snacks because I just can't do it. And I remember laying on my couch with my two kids watching episode six of Mickey Mouse Clubhouse and just asking the Lord for help. Like, I don't know how I'm gonna do it. I'm no, I don't know how I'm gonna care for them the rest of the day. My husband was working late. I don't know how I'm gonna make dinner tonight. Like, I just feel like I'm not able to care for my family and I'm not able to serve them. And I was desperate and I closed my eyes. I said, Lord, I need you. And because I have a rhythm of abiding and his word abiding in me, because I do, this is what he brought to mind. You know that story in Mark chapter 10 about Bartimaeus? Have you ever heard of that? Bartimaeus is this blind beggar who's on the side of the road, and he hears that Jesus is coming. And he yells out at the top of his lungs, Son of David, have mercy on me. You know what I love about what he yells? Even in who he identifies Jesus to be, he's professing faith. Because he says, Jesus, son of David. Who is the son of David? The promised one. The Messiah. So Bartimaeus, this blind beggar, is yelling out, Jesus, know who you are. I know you have the power. Have mercy on me, Jesus. And I felt like Bartimaeus, and the Lord brings this story to mind. Bartimaeus, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And you know Jesus. You think he kept walking? Nope. He stopped. And he told his disciples, bring him over to me. So his disciples go over to Bartimaeus, and they say, Jesus is calling to you. Take courage, stand up. And you know what Bartimaeus does? It says he throws off his cloak and jumps up. Like I just imagine, imagine somebody who's been sitting by the side of the road, a beggar, blind, literally throwing off their cloak and just jumping into the air like, I'm ready for Jesus. Enthusiastic to see him, see him, okay? So he goes to Jesus. I imagine Jesus and Bartimaeus are face to face. And Bartimaeus' eyes are either closed or they're glazed over. He's blind. Jesus knows. And yet, Jesus, looking at Bartimaeus, standing right in front of him, asks this question. This always blows me away. What do you want me to do for you? And I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> Why would you ask that? And yet Jesus still asks this question because he wants to know, what do you really need? And as I'm on the couch, desperate, the Lord brings this story to mind. And I imagine Jesus face to face with me, asking me, Brooke, what do you really, what do you want me to do for you? And I'm like, I want to be healed, obviously. I want to be 
enthusiastic about serving my family with a great attitude and making dinner every night, because I would do that if I was healed. I'd make dinner every night and I'd be so good at it and I'd do more for your kingdom. I would get a lot of stuff done. I'd be a really good worker. And as I'm even expressing this in my heart, you're, laugh at me, please, because it's ridiculous. No, none of us do that with a great attitude all the time. And, it, and I felt like Jesus was just convicting me, even in the moment that I'm praying with him, like, is that really what I want for you to be more productive for my kingdom? I'm like, okay, Lord, you're right. Brooke, what do you really want from me? What do you really want me to do for you? And I closed my eyes and God abiding in me and me abiding in him. I said, what I really need, what I really want is for you to be my life source for you to be John 4, 14. You know John 4, 14, the woman at the well? Let me just read it over you. Whoever drinks of the water that I give will never thirst because the water that I give will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. That's what I want, Lord. I want the water that doesn't run dry. I want the daily bread that you promise. I want to be planted by this stream like it says in Psalm 1. Roots deep into your water, bearing fruit in season because of what you are doing in me. I need you as my source. I need your power. I need your rest. I need you to provide for me in every way in this moment. And here's the thing about the, the easy yoke and the light burden, the comfortable yoke and the light burden. When Jesus invites us into rest, when he says my yoke is comfortable, easy, and my burden is light, he's not saying that our circumstances are gonna change, right? We're not just gonna get the healing. It's not like everything's gonna become easy. I love oh, this story about Megan. Do you guys know that Megan loves Olive Garden? Okay, if you love our garden, that's fine. But Megan loves Olive Garden. I'm allergic to dairy. So when she takes me to Olive Garden, I'm like, Italian food, great. But Megan loves Olive Garden. She had this moment where she, at Olive Garden, just this horrible waitress. I hope she's not sitting in this room. <laughs> you were out of town, right? Yeah, yeah, she was out of town. She has this horrible waitress. And the woman might have been a wonderful woman, but like didn't, do, like didn't bring her water to the table, didn't ask for like some of the things for her order, didn't bring what she ordered. I mean, it was just like she orders the all-you-can-eat soup and salad. She doesn't refill the soup or the salad. And Megan, you know Megan. How do you think Megan responded? Lady, no. Meg, hey, how you doing? You know, like, I can just picture the questions that Megan's asking like, how long have you worked here? What do you love about your job? Like, she, I'm sure she would think of something like that to ask this woman. She's kind, she's patient, gets to the end of the meal, the lady sits down in the booth next to her, which is just ridiculous and great and wonderful. And she says, I just gotta know, what is it about you? I, blew, I mean, tonight I blew it, I, even I know it. Like, why have you been so kind and gracious? And Megan's like, ooh, I know. That's Christ in me. That's Christ in me. I'm depending on him as my source. I'm drawing from him as the living water. 
He is my daily bread, and he's providing. And I don't even have to make it happen. It's just kind of happening out of her because she's dependent on him, because she's trusting in him. Oh, man, and this is so good because we could so easily walk away from this weekend trying to look like Jesus and mimic Jesus without taking on his yoke and receiving everything that comes with that. And that's where the real rest is, right? The real rest comes because we are resting in the source that never gets tired. We're pulling from the well that never runs dry. The God who never disappoints and never fails us. Do you believe it? And if you do, how do we live in such a way that even in our moments where we're not being treated the way we should and we're not receiving the healing that we're asking for, we don't feel good, we still get up and continue to serve and love our families with joy and patience and kindness and faithfulness and gentleness and humility and self-control because that is the fruit of the Spirit welling up in us as a result of Jesus transforming the inside of us. That is the easy yoke. That is the light burden. He does it in us. But we can't just look like him. We got to take on the yoke, allow him to transform us from the inside that we might become like him. Can I pray? Father, You ask us to just abide in your love. You ask us to receive from you as the source, the only source, the life source, like a baby in utero connected to the mother. Would we receive everything that you have for us and not resist it, Lord, because it's good. Would you be the place that we go when we need when we need, period, when we need anything? Would we trust you to provide for us, to sustain us as we're waiting, as we're wanting, as we're longing? Father, even now, I feel like you're just inviting us to name those things in your presence. If we're really going to receive your easy yoke and your light burden, where are the areas that we're going to trust you, depend on you, the things that we don't understand, the places in our life that we don't understand, yet we're going to allow you to be our source as we wait, as we trust. So even now, Lord, make us aware of what those places are. I would just invite you guys, just keep your eyes closed, but if there's just a word that comes to mind with my mar- in my marriage with my kids, the Lord is pressing on your heart, would you just speak it out loud so that we can just identify those things to the Lord? It doesn't have to be loud, it can be quiet. Or you can yell it at the top of your lungs.
choose to abide. health, where can we invite you to be our source? I want this to be real for us, not just some hypothetical moment where we're teaching about what it could look like. My prayer for these women is that you would reveal to us places in our lives and hearts where you're inviting us to more fully trust you, like my mom preached last night, to sit in the chair all the way, trust you to be our source, to provide for our needs, even when it does not feel good, it's not fair, it's messy, the prayers are unanswered, you are faithful. You never let us down. You are our firm foundation, God. We receive the rest because we stand on you and you do not allow us to be shaken. We receive the rest not because we're strong, but like Megan said last night, because we run eagerly to the one who has the strength. Lord, would this be a daily, moment by moment way of engaging with you, of trusting you, of seeking you. And Lord, when we don't do it well, you don't shame us. You're gentle and kind. You say, hey, remember this yoke? Keep it on your shoulders. I'll show you the way forward. Trust that the way I have for you is restful because I love you. Let's do it together. How freeing to walk forward with you as our guide, Jesus. to be women who will be even more powerful and effective in your kingdom because we've surrendered to you. I pray a blessing over this group. I pray a blessing over these women that they would rise up to be used by you in a powerful way because they have surrendered to you and allowed you to lead in their lives. 
that they would experience your easy yoke and your light burden and your deep, true, real rest because they're abiding, because you are their only source. I bless them, Lord. Thank you for being gracious as we figure it out day by day through your spirit, the power of your spirit, through the truth of your word, and through relationships, through friendship, through the body of Christ that is around us. We thank you and we ask all this in your name. Amen.